this doesn't buy the hype of random number generators throwing knuckleballs. Heath is now the oldest host. Scott likes using GIFs the most. Adam loves ERA and auto-tunes himself this way. Paxton's regression screens. Brooklyn's got a winning team. Liam Hendricks, Brad Hand. Mike Trout plays near Disneyland. Stats from spring training. Daily play is a rating. What's the ceiling? Bank on ceiling. Can I get up? And we are done with week five. We welcome you to Fantasy Baseball today here on Monday morning, May 8th. Good morning, everybody. I'm Adam Azer with Heath Cummings and Scott White. And uh, what do you guys think? I think that the main theme of the weekend, a lot of hitting. There were a lot more hitters that really interested me than pitchers over the weekend. Agree or disagree? Um, uh, I don't know that I agree. Not Not outside of, like... What, what had already been established as the norm for this season. I thought the theme of the weekend was me hating weekly fab again and just losing in week seven because of weekly fab. And week it's six terrible. or week, se- week seven. Well, all of them probably. Uh, uh, wait, wh- who, why weekly fab? Who does weekly fab? Why? It w- makes no sense. Why doesn't it make sense? Because you get one opportunity on waivers, and if you don't – I put in claims for seven players last night. I got none of them, and there's no well, second shot for the whole week. Why'd you only do seven? Well, why'd I only do seven? Well, How we're only setting, your, you're only setting entire... your lineup once a week anyway. Yeah, that's that would. I'm glad I don't plan any weekly. Oh, it's infuriating. Was it just terrible. to fill one position? You put in seven of yes. outfielders or whatever. Uh, seven starting pitchers for one pitcher slot. Yeah. Well, you got you got to throw you got to throw a guy in there like a Matt Garza or something who you just know nobody's going to pick up. Hey, Matt Garza making some interesting adjustments. He's four percent owned, relying less on the fastball. They told Matt Garza, "Hey, Matt Garza, you should be throwing your off-speed pitches a little bit more." And he has been. And wow, Matt Garza now seven percent. Excuse me, has a two fifty-five ERA, three walks, fifteen strikeouts, and seventeen and two thirds. How about that? Matt Garza is the weekly fab of pitchers. <laughs> All right, well, I have a trivia question for you guys to start the show. This is uh, about a hitter, of course. Uh, Billy Hamilton scored more fantasy points in week five than blank has scored the entire season. Let me read it again. Billy Hamilton has scored more fantasy points in week five than blank has scored all season. A, Chris Davis from Baltimore. B, Gregory Polanco. C, Todd Frazier. D, all of the above. A, Chris Davis, B, Gregory Polanco, D, uh, C, Todd Frazier, D, all of the above. It's either all of the above or Todd Frazier. I'm going to go all of the above. You are both wrong. It is A, Chris Davis, but very Uh, close to being all of the above. Billy Hamilton scored 59 fantasy points, I think. Oh, my God. He was insane. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. He's on a 100-steal pace now, I mean. Yeah, well, it's not just that. He... He, like last week, Billy Hamilton batted 355 with a home run, two doubles, and three triples, and also nine steals and ten attempts. He went nuts. Let's see what, let's see what he went for in the weekly fab league. I didn't bother to put in a claim for him because it's a three outfielder points league, and I don't need another outfielder. Um, I don't either. But I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Well, right now, because last week I looked where Billy Hamilton was, and he was not even a top 40 outfielder in either format. Right now he's 10th in points and 6th in roto. And you got a glimpse of what he can do for you when he's on. But let's not forget, before week five, Billy Hamilton was a, was a total bust in fantasy. Uh, so what what should the Billy Hamilton owner be doing right now? 
Well, obviously, this makes a big difference what your format is. If it's Roto, if it's categories, I mean, you got him to carry you in stolen bases, and he's doing exactly that. So I don't know that you do anything. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm at the point. I've got him in a couple of different leagues, one categories and one Roto, and I'm trying to decide when to start him. Because I've built up a, a decent lead in steals, and he just kills me and everything else. And so I, I will probably... I'm not going to trade him away because I don't want somebody else to catch me in steals, but I'll probably be benching him occasionally. Is this a three outfielder league or a five outfielder five. league? You're, you're, yeah. You don't have cause to start Billy Hamilton every week in a five category. If, if you were ahead in, steal, in the steals department, I don't know what the purpose is. Well, if you get, I can pick if you up, build up by a big enough lead, then tr- you could, then you could trade Billy Hamilton. I, yeah, you could, but I'm, I'm not at that position. I just think turd turdly off the waiver wire is going to do better in every other category. Except for stolen bases. Who? Turd Turdly. <laughs> I put in a claim for, for Turd Turdly and, uh, I, I didn't have a high enough priority. Alright, let's get into the show, well, guys. He went for $3 for those who were interested in this Ooh. head-to-head See, points league where he was not already owned. That's crazy. And he had been on, he had been on waivers since I dropped him, I think, after week one or two. I don't know, man. Like, Billy Hamilton, he doesn't have to hit that well to be really valuable in fantasy. He just can't be terrible. And he was very good at the end of last season. Got a terrible month to start the year. I'm not, I don't know, that seems a little low. Like I, uh, Here's the weekly point breakdown. 16, 15 and a half, 16, 5, 59. 59. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you don't, you didn't really want to start him those first four weeks. No, right? of course not, but I'm just saying, like, let's not give up on him after those four weeks. Okay. After these four years of not hitting? I, yeah, I, I mean, got, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he <laughs> stole his 200th base last week. Wow. And now has, which is exceptionally fast, has the second lowest OPS plus for any player in Major League history with 200 steals. Here's how today's show is going to work. I think the first half is mostly going to be hitters with some pitchers in there too. Guys, we really want to add. We'll, we'll mostly focus on who we want to add right now. Second half of the show will be a lot of pitchers. Um, interesting stats about Rick Porcello and his strikeouts, uh, Kyle Hendricks and his strikeouts. Danny Duffy and Dylan Bundy are basically the same person right now. Um, yeah, just just pitchers J.C. Ramirez. Should we be picking him up? Should we? J.C. Ramirez, what do you think? Um, no, not that interested. I would in that weekly fab league if I could have one more crack at picking up a player. <laughs> uh, that's going to be a running theme of today's show, I guess. Uh, so your stat of the day, number one, was about Billy Hamilton. Had an opportunity to put an acclaim for him last night. Stat of the day, number two, is about Miguel Sano, who hit his fourth career triple against Boston this weekend. And I just thought it was interesting, uh, this little stat cast stat. That uh, he hit, I don't know if you saw the triple. And the, what was really most fantasy relevant about it was it led to two runs off Eduardo Rodriguez, and it really should have been an out, and Rodriguez should have given up one run in, like, six innings. But it was an RBI triple. Miguel Sano scored uh, on the next batter's base hit. But according to StatCast, the ball that Miguel Sano hit with that exit velocity and that launch angle, a ball hit with similar exit velocity and launch angle has a 1% chance of being a hit, and he got a triple off of it. I just thought that was kind of cool for you nerds out there. All right, let's get on with it. Atometer, zero to ten. Zero, no way, I don't want him at all. Ten, add him right now. Justin <laughs> Wilson, twenty-eight percent owned. Tigers reliever, Justin Wilson. My guess is he gets the Tigers next save after K Rod blew one both Saturday and Sunday and has an ERA approaching nine, a whip over two. Um but 
I, I don't think I could go full 10 because, you know, I dropped Matt Bush in a couple leagues this week. I think he's only like 60% owned. Um, you know, Brad Brock, who's now back closing for the Orioles with Zach Britton going back on the DL. He's not universally owned. It just would depend on how scarce saves are in your league. Obviously, if anybody who, who gets saves is owned, Wilson's a 10 in that format. But Six. It, yeah. I'll go, I'll go like a seven. Aaron Altair, 23% owned. Aaron Altair. 6.5. Okay. I'll go like a five. 338, four home runs, three steals in only 65 at bats, OPS over a thousand for Altair. Uh, yeah. Alright. I mean, it's, it's very Conforto-like, I guess what he's doing. And when Conforto was doing this, it's like, well, it doesn't matter. They'll figure out some way to keep him in the lineup when everybody's healthy. So maybe it's not fair for me to say when Howie Kendrick gets back, Altair is just going to the bench. But I, I think they've been, they were pretty clear at the beginning of the year that there was no guarantee given to Kendrick or Saunders for playing time. They were kind of placeholders and hoping that a young player would come up and take their job and yeah. Altair's done it. Five outfielder leagues, I think I'd definitely pick up Altair. Tommy Pham, 4% owned. He has uh, three home runs and a double over the weekend after being called up when Piscotty went on the DL. Tommy Pham, guys, 0 to 10. Maybe like a 3. It'd have to be a pretty deep league. I don't trust that he's going to be getting playing time for long. Okay, so not not feeling it with Pham so much. He has good power, yeah. Mike Clevenger of the Cleveland Indians, five and two thirds, one hit, no runs, four walks, five strikeouts at Kansas City. Tore it up in the minor leagues before coming up. He's replacing Kluber for now. Clevenger is eight percent owned. Zero to ten on Mike Clevenger. I don't really think he's going to stay in the rotation. Um, but if you need somebody for this week, like if you didn't get any pitchers on Fab and you're just trying to find somebody on Monday, two. You can't. If your league uses Fab, you can't pick up a pitcher on Monday. You can only can Monday. Adam night. is free agency open in the editorial league. Free agency is wide open in the editorial league. Thank you very much. All right, so you got some league with weird, goofy rules where the commissioner turns off, changes the the, the transaction setting on Monday morning. There, there are also other sites where you have Fab followed by free agency. Yes, um, that is true. I give Clevenger a four. I want us to pick him up in the 16-team categories league, but we don't have a roster spot for him, so no. he will remain unknown until our, somebody uh, listens to this podcast. Our last place team is just way too good for Mike Clevenger. Uh, we're coming <laughs> back, by the way, Team Scam. Johan Moncada. Johan Moncada having a nice little minor league season right now. Zero to ten for Moncada. Um, three? Four? Four. Four is fine. Yeah. Okay. If you got the, I, I just don't know. The problem with Mankata is every team that I have has not only the DL spots full, but two guys I don't want to drop that are on the disabled list on my roster right now. So it's hard to have a stash spot for a minor league guy too. He's 75% owned already, so I don't know. Wow. Yeah. I think people are, are expect that, I don't know. It's like they're reading the tea leaves and getting a little hype here on Mankata. I don't know if that's justified or not, but he's tearing it up, right? Yeah, I mean, striking out too much, but so was Cody Bellinger. So was Cody Bellinger, the second best hitter of week five behind Billy Hamilton. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez, I believe, is the most added player he is. Most added player in our leagues. Gonzalez is now 59% owned, up from 8% last week. Zero to ten on Marwin Gonzalez, who, by the way, is day-to-day with a sore foot. I think I'd go, like, five here. 
you know, it's probably only those leagues where like 350 players or more are rostered, but so versatile. And I think that helps in those formats. Yeah. I'm, I'll say a four. I just haven't, I, I don't know who I'm dropping to pick up Marwin Gonzalez. Well, Gonzalez is eligible at first base, third base, corner infield, middle infield, outfield, and one game away from second base eligibility. Um, Yonder Alonso, 40% owned, 311 batting average, nine home runs, 11 walks, 22 strikeouts, and he is facing six right-handed pitchers this week, none of them particularly yep. good. So, yep. yeah, 40% owned Yonder Alonso. Yeah, this was the player who really got my attention Saturday night with his two-homer game, brought him up to eight. He then homered again uh, Sunday for nine. But Saturday night's when I tweeted out, it's time. We uh, we liked some of the underlying um, some of the underlying numbers for Alonzo. He was one of the players who was most vocal about changing his approach for more fly balls, and it's translated to this power potential that he was thought to have way back when he was a top prospect in the Reds organization like a decade ago, and uh, he's shown he's. Hasn't walked so much this year, but he's shown that in the past. So I, I think uh, I think it's not long before he's playing every day. And I don't want to miss the boat on him like I did on Eric Thames. So for me, it's like an eight. Yeah, I'll say the same thing. I, I think I said a six on Altair, and I'd, I'd say the same thing. I'd, I'd probably rather start Alonzo this week because Altair's got the wrist issue and he's got six righties. But for the rest of the year, I, I feel about the same about both of them. Yonder Alonso, so I get a text from Scott White, 1221 in the morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning. We need to pick up Alonzo now! <laughs> All caps! And, uh, Scott went ahead and did an ad drop without my, uh, confirmation. I was, I don't know if I was asleep or not, but, uh, I think I was. Is, is it okay that I texted you at 1220? Cause oh, yeah. I debated not doing it. Oh, Chris is like, Adam's, Adam's a young, lively. I'm usually awake. Not married guy yet. Yeah, I'm usually Chris, awake. Chris and I don't text each other. We just make random ads and drops without <laughs> even discussing it. We would, there would be fisticuffs if Adam and I did that. I well, think. yeah, luckily well, we Well, you had, just did it. Well, luckily we had Bartolo Cologne, who's quite droppable. Oh, but. that makes it Easy. Yeah, yeah, but now we can't pick up Clevenger, which no. is fine. I'd, I'd much rather have Alonzo. Team's too good. Aaron Hicks, thirty-seven percent owned. Last guy in the add-on meter here. Aaron Hicks is thirty-seven percent owned. Three thirty-eight batting average, six home runs, uh, more walks and strikeouts, five steals. He's having his best season by far. Aaron Hicks, zero to ten. I'll go with a five, just slightly below Alonzo and Altair. I feel less confident about Hicks getting regular playing time for the rest of the year. He has been phenomenal so far, but really his production's right about in line with those two, all three of them with a, an OPS over a thousand. I guess his is a little bit higher, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, go about, I go four. I mean, Ellsbury got back in the lineup yesterday. There, there just isn't a spot for him. I mean, Ellsbury's been better than expected. Gardner's been better than expected. Judge certainly has. I think I would argue Holiday has too. Well, so, I would just say the Yankees. You could just say the Yankees, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, and I, in case you're wondering, middle of the 15th inning is when I turned the game off last night, so they went 18 innings. Uh, I should have texted you then. Yeah, I'm sure you were all wondering, but I am quite tired now. Uh, I got a few emails. This is not going to be relevant to a lot of people, but I got a couple of emails. Hey, somebody dropped Mark Trumbo. Should I pick him up? Somebody dropped Carlos Gonzalez. Should I pick him up? And I would say that there's very few players who were drafted in like the first eight rounds or so of a 12-team league that I'm not picking up right now if they were dropped. 
But so the answer is absolutely yes to those two guys. However, somebody dropped Jose Bautista in our three outfielder points league. And Bautista is just – he has like 13 strikeouts in his last seven games. He's batting well under 200 right now. I still think I might put in a claim for him, but he might be the one guy – and I'm sure just thinking off the top of my head, the one healthy guy that – the highest draft pick that I pro, I might not pick up if he were draft if he were dropped right now. The only one I could think of in a points league that was taken ahead of him, and I'm sure – Everybody will disagree. Dallas Keuchel, you wouldn't pick up Keuchel. No, Jonathan VR. <laughs> oh no, I would just go to shortstop. I'd pick him up. He's been so bad. He's got seven Eric, steals though, or something. Right. That's why I said in a points league. In a yeah. roto league, there's no way. But in a points league, I might. Eric Hosmer was dropped the same night. Bautista was dropped. Which you know he wasn't drafted as early as Bautista, but both raised an eyebrow for yep. me. Sure. Um, there was another situation, and again, this guy wasn't as highly drafted as Bautista, but not. Far off, Jackie Bradley was dropped in a league of similar depth, a league where 250 players are rostered, not counting DL spots. Jackie Bradley sat each of the last two games for Chris Young. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not putting in a claim for Bradley in that nope. league. And again, it's it's on the shallower side of mixed leagues, but see, I just I can't justify dropping even like an Avisel Garcia form see, right now. Uh, oh gosh, I. Bradley, unless like it depends on your record, I think a little bit here, because like I in one league I dropped um, and let's talk about who we added and dropped and who we're excited about right now. I dropped Byron Buxton for Brett Gardner, and that's a league I'm two and three, and that's our podcast league, and I can't afford to just like I I I really want Buxton on my team. I think he showed some signs last week. He's back from the minor injury, and I I really want him. I think he could still have a big year. I'm not giving up, but I got to win. And Scott. Uh, Brett Gardner was one of the hitters in your in your sleeper hitters column. He's hitting very well right now. He's a streaky guy himself. So if you're playing just like day to day, then maybe you don't want Jackie Bradley on your team in a shallow league. Um, in fact, I'm sitting him in a five outfielder league. But Jackie Bradley has been one of the streakiest hitters over the last mm-hmm. couple of years. And when he gets hot, he gets like he's like Carlos Gonzalez. These guys go on ridiculous tears. So I would. I would in a bl- in a vacuum I would uh, pick up Jackie Bradley if he were dropped. I would too in a vacuum, but in the league where I actually have to make the decision, I'm surprised I I feel like I can't. Okay. Um All right, let's talk about who'd you guys add and drop? Like your favorite ads and drops uh tell me about it. Heath Cummings. I didn't wasn't able to add anyone because <laughs> Weekly Fab is a terrible system. Drop the league. But you've got other leagues, Heath. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't make my ads and drops generally on Sunday for those other leagues. Okay, I you had Friday and Saturday. We haven't spoken in three days. I generally make them on Thursday, and then if I don't get the guys I want, I try to make them on Saturday because I know that's when Scott's going to be doing his. <laughs> so, okay, I th- I'm going to go to the transactions page and just tell you who you've added, Heath. You added okay, Trevor it- Cahill in our Roto League. There you go. Yeah, that was a big one for me. Yeah. Got Trevor Cahill. I added uh two start Nate Carnes, I believe, in one league. I don't know that I made any offensive additions. Okay. It wasn't a busy it wasn't a very active week for me. Uh Cahill was a big one. He has two starts now and this relief pitcher eligible, good strikeout rate. Are you guys uh, buying this from Tre- from Trevor Cahill? Boy, has he been a bad pitcher. I, I was buying him. It, you know, I put in, in, in one league, I put in a claim for him even before finding out it was going to be a two-star week. So that wasn't the only reason I was adding him. 
But yeah, he's emphasizing his uh, breaking ball a lot more, which is his best swing and miss pitch. Oh, but it's it does. But it, for Matt Garza, nobody cares when Matt Garza does it with Trevor Cahill. Well, Matt Garza's made a total of three starts, right? Yeah. So you know, maybe by the time he gets up to Cahill's number, if he's still putting up these kinds of numbers, then I'll have to buy into him at the same extent. And I think you can afford to wait that long because of. Um, you know, obviously there's a pretty negative track record there, yeah. at least in recent years. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez I picked up wherever he was still available uh, because I like what he's doing with the strikeout rate. And in deeper leagues, leagues where you're seeing what's on the waiver wire at starting pitcher and you feel like it's just going to hold you back in ERA and whip, uh, Anthony Swarzak, I made, a pick, I made a claim for him in a couple leagues, talked about Tommy Conley. Last week, and Swarzak's another pitcher breaking out in the White Sox bullpen. I think he's allowed a total of two hits this year with well more than a strikeout per inning. And, you love uh, those uh, White Sox middle relievers. You know what? I was and thinking about been this. Pitching well. I, I was thinking about like how we, we've been, you know, we've been whining about starting pitching, rightfully so. I think I'm going to have to start looking at middle relievers in some I, in, in yeah. leagues. Absolutely. Now, one of the leagues I picked him up in was Tout Wars, which is 15-team Roto, which is deeper than we're used to. But that's absolutely what I'm finding there. Do I really want to start Jordan Zimmerman, or do I want to actually help my ERA? Right. See, I, I'm in the exact opposite situation in almost all of our Roto leagues. I'm not winning any of my four, but I'm in the top three or four in all of them. And I am crushing it in ERA and WHIP and need some strikeouts and quality starts and wins. So I'm starting worse starting pitchers than I'm used to because I drafted a bunch of relievers and middle relievers at the start of the year. Mm. So I'm trying to catch up in the other other direction. That's why I'm picking up Trevor Cahill. Well, which is easier to catch up in? I don't we're going to find out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, actually uh Scott Heath and Chris are top 3 in our auction league right now and let's not really we don't need to talk about We've kind of been team. going back and forth, yeah. It's going to be a good battle. Yeah, I'll uh you know, I'll I'll be. How are you doing? Not well. That's is uh this is the worst I've ever done in this league, and uh, getting early. better, getting better. You know, we're getting there. Right, it's a long wow. season. Wow, a, a rare moment of um, con, 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 uh, consolation from Heath there. What do you mean? Trying to trying to make oh, you feel better. From, it's, yeah, it's I early. Know. yeah, I know. Who is I'm this I'm always guy? that way. I did pick up Lance Lynn in another league. He was still available in oh, a ten team wow. league that I oh. had, and I don't have any idea why. Yeah. Uh, I picked up Jason Hamill, guys. He pitched exclusively out of the stretch in his last start. He's twenty three percent owned. I don't know. And then I saw Heath picked him up in our in our sixteen team league, and I I wish we had jumped on that. And I'm not saying I'm throwing in my starting lineup, but Hamill, Let's, great start look, against the if Indians. We, if we couldn't make a spot for Clevenger, we're not making a spot. Are for you Hamill. serious? What? Are you serious right now? What are you now? talking about? Like who, who would Clevenger? we drop for Hamill? I mean, no, I would drop Clevenger for Hamill if I had well, to. We don't have Clevenger. But I'm, but you just made it out like you would rather have Clevenger than Hamill. I think, I think that's similar. I think Mike Clevenger had like a 550 ERA last year, has had basically one good start in the major well, leagues. What does Hamill have this year? And what did he have in the second half last okay, year? Okay, but it's like two or three years in a row where Jason Hamill's had a great okay. first half. Alright, fair enough. And, I, and I a rotation say, spot, I, I by use the way. Jordan Zimmerman is the example of a guy I'm studying Swarzak over. Jason Hamill's another one in that, on that Tout Wars team who I'm just not starting. Start, yeah, I agree. Not starting Jason Hamill, but he made is, the adjustment, so. We'll is see. he at Tampa this week in his only start though? Yeah, he might be. I think I, I, I think I might have to start him. Yeah. I might have to, I don't know. Alright, let's take a look at the most added list here. And Marvin Gonzalez is number one. AJ Gryffindor is number two. 
Anybody want AJ Griffin? No, not really. No, I'd rather have Hamill. I'd rather have Derek Clevin- Holland. Clevenger. You know, I might take- <laughs> definitely Derek Holland. Derek Holland was a player who I put in several claims for and didn't win him in any league. Okay, he's a one-star pitcher, Derek Holland. It, except I put in some midweek claims for him, and so I have him in a couple leagues. If I bring up again, I own Derek Holland. That's why. Matt, Andrews. I don't know if I'd rather have Griffin or Clevenger. That's that's a tough one, but I don't have either one, so it doesn't matter. Matt Andrees is a tricky one for me because he's got two starts this week, Kansas City at home, at Boston. So I like definitely am going to start him as a relief pitcher this week in a points league. But in the Roto League that I own him in, like, ugh, that Boston start scares me a little bit. They certainly came alive over the weekend. But Kansas City at home could be a very good start. So that's a tough one. Yeah, I think in Roto that totally depends on whether you you are in Scott's situation with pitching or my situation with pitching. Because if you, I mean, if you need wins, you need quality starts, then he's yeah. I don't think he's going to kill you in ERA this week. All right, that's Matt Andres. Next on the most added list, he's fourth by the way. Charlie Morton is fifth. Alex Wood is sixth. Trevor Cahill is seventh. So it is just Marvin Gonzalez and then six pitchers in the top seven right now. And a lot of them are two-star guys. That happens. Alex Avila. Go ahead, Scott. I think all those pitchers you just named I like more than Andres. Not that I think Andres is a bad choice depending on your circumstances if you do need just some respectable innings. Uh, but I would I would rather have Morton, Wood, Cahill. Holland. Holland. Holland was before him. Yeah. yeah. Morton? You said Morton, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, definitely Morton. Morton, I think, regardless of two-start status, should be owned. And then we've got Alex Avila, Yonder Alonso, Cody Bellinger is 91% owned, Aaron Hicks, J.C. Ramirez, Hector Santiago, 61% owned. How does Hector Santiago rate with Morton, Holland, Andreas, Wood, Cahill? He's right in the middle of that group. I, I mean, I... He's closer to Griffin for me. I don't... We've seen, like, all of those pitchers are going to get dropped. I'm... Sorry to say, but they're all. Gonna get you dropped. hope they have a good start. Yeah, Cahill's going to get dropped. Holland's going to get dropped. I don't. I don't know about Does that. Those is that contro- a controversial take? Um, I don't know that it's controversial. I'm just surprised to hear you say it because of uh the lack of alternatives at starting pitcher on the waiver wire. Yeah, I don't. Like, I think most of these guys though that have gotten hurt are going to come back. There's been no very few season-ending injuries. I mean, Morton's had two really good strikeout starts in a row, and you know, underlying reasons to support it. Cahill has one of the best swinging strike rates in baseball. And then Derek Holland, I mean, it's been a while since we've seen him be, uh, you know, a, a, a mainstay in fantasy. But before he tripped over his dog on the stairs two or three years ago and had knee surgery, that's what he was. I mean, he was this 215 feels, inning pitcher, mid three ZRA. This feels kind of like the quarterback situation in the NFL draft the past two years. Where there's not really been a first round draft pick of a quarterback, but because there's no first round draft pick of a quarterback, the second and third round guys, everybody's trading up to take them in the first rounds. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yes, the situation's really bad at starting pitcher. All these guys should be picked up and owned and used right now. I just don't want to give the illusion that I think that they've transformed themselves at 29, 30 years old into must own starting pitchers once everybody else comes back. I think Morton and Cahill potentially have. Okay. And Holland, I think, I'm not as convinced of him, but I do think you write it out right now. You just look at Holland last year. First half of the season, he was pretty reliable. 
but he had he had a two start stretch where he gave up like fourteen earned runs, and you know he got blasted for like nine runs in an inning and two thirds. And other than that, he was basically throwing a quality start, Derek Holland, most of the time out. Then he got hurt, and then he struggled. Um, and right now he has a two oh two ERA, and he's seventy percent owned. But there is one guy on the most added list that is owned in a similar amount of leagues that I personally think is the clear cut winner, and that would be Eduardo Rodriguez. He is seventy eight percent owned. I would take yep. Eduardo Rodriguez over any of these guys. I agree with that. I will agree with that as well. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, we got to talk about a lot of, a lot of injuries, bullpen stuff. Uh, what's going on in the Nationals bullpen? We already talked about the Tigers bullpen. And, uh, yeah, a, a lot of pitchers that I want to get to. Also, tickets. If you need tickets to sports, comedy, concerts, theater, if you want to save 10 bucks on your first purchase, you need the SeatGeek app and our promo code FANTASY. Download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FANTASY for 10 bucks off your first purchase, or you can go to SeatGeek.com if you don't have the app. So look, so far this summer, I have used SeatGeek for a Yankees game. I will use SeatGeek when I buy my third-eye blind tickets very shortly. Uh, believe it or not, they're not uh, selling out yet. I was uh, even looking on SeatGeek for Book of Mormon tickets, and with SeatGeek, the process is just so simple, so efficient. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Be there in person for the best games and concerts. Let SeatGeek save you time and money by checking multiple ticket sites, comparing prices, and identifying the best deals. Look, it's a no-brainer, people. Our listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FANTASY. That's promo code FANTASY for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, Bryce Harper, Ryan Braun, Mike Trout, Michael Brantley. Bryce Harper, Ryan Braun, Mike Trout, Michael Brantley. How many of them would you be starting as of 10 a.m. Eastern on Monday? Trout and Harper. And Harper, um, since he had missed, what, three or four games, I was leaning towards sitting, but I just read earlier this morning that Dusty Baker, hopeful and I guess expecting he'll be back in the lineup Monday. And Braun, what, what I'm really hoping for on the teams where I have Braun is that I have another outfielder that is off today. Because I feel like if he's in the lineup on Tuesday, I'm playing him, but we're not going to know until then. If I am in a situation where all of the rest of my outfielders play on Monday, I'm sitting Braun. But if I can wait until Tuesday, I expect that I'm going to play him. Apparently, they're not talking like it's a DL stint or anything like that a couple of days, but they'll probably be cautious with him. And, you know, I could certainly see Brantley missing at least three days. And and you know how easily a couple days turns into a DL stint when it's only 10 days. What about Brian Dozier? And Ian Kinsler. I plan to sit both. Ah, I I mean, the 10-day DL, I think, unless it's obviously a league where you're setting lineups daily, you have to err on the side of caution, I feel like. Kinsler's not expected to play Tuesday, right? He's not expected to go on the DL. Well, Kinsler Kinsler has a sunnier uh, outlook than... than, uh, Dozier, for sure. Basically, the way I'm handling all these guys, well... Not not Harper and Trout, but the rest of them is if they are in the lineup for their first game of the week, I'm playing them. If they're not, I'm not. Sure, that's fair. It's well, just... Kinsler's game's not until Tuesday, so you got to hope that you've got somebody that you can maneuver around. Yeah, that's now big ask. Let's talk about Matt Harvey. Matt Harvey suspended for three games for repeated issues dating back to last season, according to the New York Daily News. Also, he did not show up for work on Saturday because he apparently had a migraine after a golf outing. Scott wants to buy, 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 buy low on Matt Harvey. 
I've had many, many migraines after golf outings. They often come from dehydration due to being out in the sun and consuming <laughs> beverages. Right. I not that I'm saying that's what Matt Harvey was doing. He doesn't look like the type of guy that would spend a long day on the All golf right, course. All right, let's not let's not um, insinuate here. Uh, yeah, I'm not buying. Obviously, you're not buying Harvey. No. What 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 reason do I have to? Well, does this change he's anything? Throwing hard. He's does throwing this consistently throwing harder? Yes. Let me With, let me let me and ask now this. He's basically all the way back. Let me ask this. Yes. Do you does. does this change this is suspension? Because I could have asked you last week before this, Heath. Are you buying low on Harvey? You would have said no. Does right. this change anything for either of you? Are you still at your your previously held opinion of Matt Harvey? Do we know when he's starting this week yet? Did they just skip his turn in the rotation? Because it could change whether I'm starting him this week. He was yeah, I don't know that yesterday. I'd start him in a one-star week anyway. Um, but no, I mean, thinking long-term, I think they probably took appropriate disciplinary action and then they move forward from here. I don't, I don't think it's going to lead to more. I, I think it will more likely, um, like, I don't know what, why would it change it? I guess is what I'm struggling with. Um, the team. I guess you're worried about his standing on the team if he continues to post a 5 ERA and piss off management? If he continues to, but what reason do we have to believe this won't address the issue? His ERA is so inflated by the completely unfair start that he had to make when he was notified. Uh, either that, that or morning. it's held down by his 236 BABIP. I, look, I... I th- I'm with Scott in the camp that, like, Harvey was pitching well enough to be optimistic, but I'm sort of with Heath that, that this does change things a little bit for me. I'm worried about him, like, going in the tank, not working hard. He's filing a grievance against the team for his suspension. I just don't know what's next for Matt Harvey. Like, th- this is a toxic situation, and this team has not handled their diva starting pitchers very well. Him and Syndergaard, uh, neither of them have really uh, approached things the right way, and... The Mets just—they they bungled this, but whatever. Um, Listen, I, I, you know, I don't know that I can convince anybody this isn't a big deal. I hope everyone thinks it's a huge deal because it makes it even easier <laughs> to get him in a trade. So far, I've been unsuccessful in my many attempts to buy low on Matt Harvey, which gives you some indication of what people are really thinking about him. But what what are some of these offers that you've made? How, like, how low um, are you trying to buy? Because well, I, I wouldn't give up Harvey for Bel- for Clevenger. Well, no, I, I offered uh, I offered Puig straight up for him in a league where a guy had really bad offense, especially outfield. He was starting an injured guy in the outfield. Yeah, that's a nice trade offer. I, I I'm not sure I if Puig fixes really bad offense. No, but but people are probably thinking, well, I don't know that Harvey's that good to be good. Right. Like, I, right. I think no, that's I, a great I think offer. That's a sell low, buy low. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, okay, Puig's been Puig's been all right this year, not the last couple weeks, but. It's mostly week one, but yeah, I mean, it's it just like, it, well, here's the thing about Puig. It's like, we talked about all these hitters that are doing so well, and we gave him like a five on the atometer. You know, Puig is fairly replaceable just, just based on outfield. Harvey is still somebody I really want on my roster, and nobody's even coming close to dropping that Harvey. So I do s- totally get Scott's point about him being a buy low. Um, but this, th- yes, I, I agree with Scott's take that this, if you want to buy low, this could help you buy him lower. Yeah. All right. James Paxson's on the DL. That happened on Friday. That's a forearm strain. Is there any time limit, time frame for, for James Paxson? They said they were hoping to only miss two starts. 
that's all we're getting is a hope at this point, I think. Okie dokie. Aaron Sanchez could be back this weekend. Amir Garrett was sent to AAA. He could be back pretty soon though, right? Amir Garrett. Yeah, it was to, uh, they said it's to limit his innings because they have a couple off days coming up. So they can skip him at least one turn. I mean, he's gonna throw a little in the minors. He has to, to stay game ready. So I don't know how much of him, how much it really helps his abilities to last deeper into the season, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily drop Garrett based on this news. AJ Pollock apparently is going to play between 130 and 140 games. He has actually played 31 of 33 games, but at least three of them were pinch hits, pinch hit appearances. So I think Pollock has started 28 of 33 games. And I wonder if that 130 to 140 thing, uh, means that we should try to trade AJ Pollock. What do you think? I think the 130 to 140 thing means starts. And he will probably play in 150. Yeah, but the starts are really what matters. Like I don't care about a guy getting one at bat. Yeah. Better than none. It, it does. It's a lot better than a guy playing 130 in the American League. Oh, uh, okay. I guess. I mean, but they said it about Schwarber, and that seems to be total garbage. But this, they appear to be really limiting AJ Pollock. All right. You I, know what? You've I'm, got you've got the information. Do with it. Do with it what you will. And uh, David Price could make his 2017 debut by the end of the month. At which point, Heath Cummings' fantasy baseball season will officially begin. I'm probably going to try to sell David Price in at least one league today. We've really? got some positive news coming out about him. A couple of my David Bryce teams are off to very, very slow starts, and I'm not sure I'm still going to be in it by the end of the month. All right. In the bullpen, Coda Glover could come off the DL soon, and Sean Kelly is on the DL with a back injury. What is your take on the Nationals' bullpen, guys, real quick? They need to hurry up and trade for somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Albers got the save this weekend, right? Yep. On Friday. So... I guess he's in the lead there. I mean, I'd rather have Justin Wilson to go back to the start of the podcast. But right. would you rather have Coda Glover? Uh, probably. I don't think I would. I, too many question marks there. And I, I don't think Sean Kelly's, like, this is a long-term DL stint for him. He's already, he had already missed a lot of time with an illness before that. So. Yeah. I'd rather have Santiago Casilla. I asked you if you'd rather have Coda Glover. I meant Coda Glover or Justin Wilson, not Coda Glover or Matt Albers. Justin Wilson over Coda Glover. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, Zach Britton back on the DL with the same forearm injury. There's no structural damage. Brad Brock got the saves on Friday and Sunday. Darren O'Day, O'Day got the save on Saturday. But we should definitely be thinking that Brock is going to get most, if not all, of the saves while Britton is down, which hopefully, I mean, I'll take a month at this point. But it doesn't look like it's a season-ending thing. But you right. definitely want Brock on your team. Yep. All righty. Let's talk about pitchers. I think it's time. Studs being studs. Jonathan Cueto. I think at least we can be relieved that the blister wasn't a huge issue. He did just fine at Cincinnati yesterday. Cueto gave up four runs but two earned in seven innings with ten strikeouts. Uh John Lester had a really nice start. I'm not sure if it was his best of the season, but it was, had to be up there against the Yankees. Seven innings, three hits, two runs, one earned, and nine strikeouts. I'm putting Dallas Keiko in studs being studs, even though he gave up five runs, because he gave up, I think, two, yeah, he gave up two runs on four hits through eight innings. They came out for the ninth, and he got roughed up a little bit. I still think just fine and dandy Dallas Keiko. Yeah, there were, there were three, like, bleeder type singles, and he left with the bases loaded, and then all the inherited runners scored. 
He's the best. Cy Young. Uh, Michael Fulmer is off to a really good start, guys. Uh, three and one, two seven seven ERA, eleven walks, thirty five strikeouts, and thirty nine innings. And this is actually this start is making his his overall season numbers look a little bit better. But Fulmer's been very reliable. And how Quality about start every time? Yeah, but I think a lot, a few of them were like six, maybe two or three were six innings, three runs. This, this one really was right. Really good. But board. how many, how many pitchers can honestly say they've thrown a quality start every time? Very few. Yeah. I don't know. Fulmer's been, been certainly worth the price. And, yeah. uh, Rick Porcello, last four starts. Porcello's actually one and three, but he has a 169 ERA, five walks and 27 strikeouts. And in 26 and two thirds. And the strikeouts really jump out of you, but I will say, First seven starts of 2016, he had a strikeout per inning, uh, which is exactly – well, he's a little bit better than that through seven starts this year. But uh, I said Cueto, Lester, Keuchel, Fulmer, Porcello. Any comments, fellas? Not really. Like, I was glad to see Lester have a good outing against the Yankees, who are obviously the best offensive team in baseball. Um, I've been encouraged and moved Fulmer up quite a bit – this year, partially because of the guys that have fallen behind him, but just partially because I was afraid he was really going to struggle in his second year, and and he's acquitted himself very nicely. I think Cueto right now, or not Cueto, uh, Fulmer right now feels like Jose Quintana. Mm, yeah. And yeah, I think he's in that same range. Who would you rather own? Probably Fulmer. I didn't have a chance to check because that game ended so late last night. It looks like John Lester, whose velocity had been down a couple miles per hour this year, looks like it was pretty much back to normal in this yeah. last start, which... Like 92? Did you see the tweet over the weekend about, and I'm going to butcher this, I'm not going to find it, I'm sure, but if <laughs> the park factors velocity? No. The no. whole I kind of had gotten to the point where I thought the whole hot gun thing... We'd, we'd move past that in measuring pitcher velocity? Apparently not at all. <laughs> um, there, there has been a wide range, uh, and I say wide range. We're talking one and a half, two miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so velocity means nothing. I'm not saying me. velocity means nothing. I'm saying <laughs> in a situation where we're talking about velocity in one start. Yeah. I, I don't know how many things I have to cross reference here before I know what it really means. I just go to Brooks Baseball every time, and I'm hoping that they have the same source year after year after year. <laughs> but they don't have the same gun. But that's stadium. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> there, there are a lot of inconsistencies with velocity readings, which is. I'm uh, going very to try to find it, and I'm going to speak intelligently about it tomorrow, or at least point you in the direction of someone that can. Okay, so uh, Lester's velocity is was still down in this start from last year, but it was better than it's been for most of this year. All right. Yeah, he pitched really well. Absolutely perfect command yesterday. At first struggle in the first inning, but then was great. Luis Severino, studs being studs part two. Severino and uh Pineda had good starts at the Cubs. Michael Waka has just been really steady. He's got a 319 ERA. He's not throwing a lot of pitches, and he hasn't pitched into the— uh, I think he's got, like, one start into the seventh, but mostly six innings for Waka. Odorizzi had a great start against Toronto. Jason Vargas, another good one against Cleveland. And Lance Lynn, 4 and 1 with a 204 ERA. I think we've talked enough about him, but, uh, Severino, Pineda, Waka, 
Odorizzi, Vargas, Lance Lynn. How many of these six pitchers are must-starts for you? I'll read them again. Severino, Pineda, Waka, Odorizzi, Vargas, Lynn. Vargas isn't. And I don't know that I'm willing to say Odorizzi is. I don't know. I'm still a little undecided about Pineda. Look, the only one I would say for sure is must-start is Severino, but I I think with the way my pitching depth works looks in a lot of leagues as somebody who maybe paid more for pitching than than other people did, um, it would be hard to sit most of these pitchers. Yeah, I'd I'd say Severino, Pineda, Waka, and Lynn are pretty close to must starts. Nothing's universal, and then Odorizzi and Vargas are just like you're probably still starting them. But like on the on the subject of Waka, Odorizzi, and Lynn specifically, the way specifically that pitching seems to have changed this year, um, in terms of pitchers getting pulled earlier, not pitching as deep into games, like there there does seem to be those seem more valuable. All three of them, Waka, Odorizzi, and Lynn, seem more valuable than they were going to be at the start of the year when we were going a little heavier after upside, they don't have the upside of a Pineda or even like a Blake Snell, but obviously you feel much more comfortable playing oh, them yeah. than, oh, yeah. there, than the Snells of the world than other pitchers who have upside but haven't delivered anything in the way of consistency. Yeah, there's no way I'm sitting Walker or Lynn or, or Pineda at this point. And, you know, that these Pineda's is baffling to me. Um, <laughs> He looks like Pineda, five in, five walks, 43 strikeouts, and 34 and two-thirds. And I, I think he's very similar to Severino. I just think Severino has a better changeup, but neither of them really throw it that much. Uh, but I guess I'm, I'm definitely buying Severino. I mean, Severino, as, as hard of a thrower as Pineda is, Severino is probably now that Cindergaard's down, he might be the hardest throwing starting pitcher. He's thrown 100 miles per hour last night. Right. Re- rebounding from a, his one shaky start. And then doing this against the Cubs. Yeah. Like I was, I was saying we've seen one and a half pitching breakouts, guys who we really consider high end now. And I was counting Severino as the half. I, I think he's now a full fledged breakout. I'm still a touch worried about the Arsenal. I, he, you know, I think it's a little concerning to me. Just he's mostly a two pitch pitcher. But the changeup is not bad for him. Would you, Heath, would you rather have David Price or Luis Severino? Price, for sure. Okay, you wouldn't take Severino then? I would not take Severino for a price. Now, uh, like, if if I'm one and four, then there's a chance that I'm trying to work something out there because I don't know if I can wait much longer. S- but, send me your price offer, Heath. I, price is absolutely a pitcher who I would want to buy on right now because... You're going to have to offer that more Severino, cal- though. That caliber of pitcher... Well, I don't have... I don't have Severino in that many ways. <laughs> I would rather trade non-pitchers for Price. That is, that's, that's the whole purpose of trading Price is because you don't have enough pitching right now. Okay. But I will. we will make some offers. Okay. All right, so studs being duds. Julio Tehran has a 9, .093 ERA on the road in three starts, 814 at home. Is this a product of Atlanta's new ballpark, or is this just fluky Julio Tehran? has been terrible in four home starts. It's probably at least a little a product of the ballpark. It's He's a pitcher whose profile would make him vulnerable to hitter's parks, and it looks like a hitter's park. But 
it shouldn't be that extreme. Is the hitter's park, like the hitter's park thing's kind of weird because it hasn't really been a home run park yet, right? I don't know. I, where, I, where do you find, last I saw, and it was from, uh, is it Dave O'Brien? Yeah. Uh, he had tweeted out that, uh, home runs in Atlanta were actually below league average, but offense was well above. Which is kind of weird. Yeah, I think I I just wonder exactly how he determined that. Well, they have one home run hitter on their team. <laughs> I guess they have two. Yeah, I, Kemp, I wonder how Kemp much he was adjusting for, for. Right. Uh, like I don't know if this was just him simply taking inventory of number of home runs hit at that park, and at a time maybe when not as many games were played. I, I don't know. I don't know what exactly. It was a home run rate. Out. Okay. The number he was looking at. So. Okay. All right. Well, look. What are we thinking about Tehran? Is he a buy low candidate, or are you staying away? It'd have to be pretty low. Okay. Tehran or Harvey? Tehran, for sure. Um, I think I'd rather have Harvey. All right. I think there's more to get excited about with Harvey. Other guys who struggled this weekend and are owned in more than eighty percent of leagues: Irvin Santana, Danny Salazar, Sonny Gray. Uh, Jose Quintana, Marco Estrada, Vince Velasquez. Urban Santana, Danny Salazar, Sonny Gray, Jose Quintana, Marco Estrada, and Vince Velasquez. It's a different tier of pitcher there. So with, um, with, uh, Vince Velasquez and Sonny Gray, are they droppable for like Matt Andrees or Derek Holland or something like that? I'm not. I'm not. Gray, maybe. But Velasquez, there are some encouraging underlying signs here. I mean, yes, he gave up six runs in this start this weekend, but eight strikeouts to zero walks against the Nationals. Um, and the walks have been better the last few starts overall. He still hasn't put it all together and delivered that start that makes you feel like you can trust him. But for the upside, I think he's worth waiting out a little more. Uh, but uh, Gray... I don't know. I didn't have a lot of confidence in Gray even before he tore his lat. So the way his spring went before he got hurt and the way he started out here, yeah, I, just, I, uh, I don't really understand what went wrong for him last year, and it's not looking any better this year. I'm losing a little confidence. I was watching him pitch yesterday, and he just could not put away Victor Martinez. In, in well, he's never really put away anybody. But, though. I mean, this was ridiculous. Like, how many strikeouts did Sonny Gray have in two starts last week? He had, uh... Looks like, got uh, it? looks like five, uh... Six. Six. Six, six, six and, and ten and two-thirds. Yeah. I mean, look, it's that's early, because his first start was five. It was six, four strikeouts and six innings. I don't know, like... He's gonna to have to start missing more bats. I know he's not gonna be a good strikeout pitcher, but he can't be a terrible strikeout pitcher. It's gonna be bad for him. Yeah. Yeah, it's gotta be seven points something. Yeah. Uh, man, we got a lot left and only, only a few minutes. So, Kyle Hendricks. I, Kyle Hendricks got so lucky on, uh, on Friday against the Yankees. And he did not give up any runs, but the, but there were a lot of outs on the base paths and the defense helped him a lot. But anyway, this is a category called studs being something in between studs and duds part one. It's a mouthful. Kyle Hendricks, Danny Duffy, Kenta Maeda, Dylan Bundy. Kyle Hendricks, Danny Duffy, Kenta Maeda, Dylan Bundy. Anything you'd like to say about these fellows? Uh, Maeda's kind of in that same category as a couple of weeks ago Taiwan Walker was, where I said, I, well, I'm glad that he had a good start against the Padres. I was glad he had a good start against the Phillies. I'm probably going to start him, but I'm still a little bit nervous. I think you're still right on Bundy if you can get somebody to buy him based on what his ERA is. 
there's not a whole lot else that looks good. Hendricks is starting at Colorado this week, and I would not start him. No. Yeah, and Hendricks, so he, he's a lot, all these guys, well, I don't know about uh, Maeda, but Duffy, Bundy, and Hendricks are all having velocity issues. Maeda is not, he's actually, uh, Dave Roberts feels like he's throwing too hard. <laughs> oh, okay. But, and that's interesting, Scott, because he hasn't, this is the thing about Maeda. We all know this thing, like he, he should be pitching on extended rest, uh, because of the adjustment he's made, you know, coming over, from, I said Korea last time, coming over from Japan, um, he has pitched one game this year on regular rest. Everything else has been extended rest, and he has a 581 ERA, Maeda. So maybe that's why he's throwing a little bit too hard. I don't know. But uh Duffy and Bundy, Bundy in particular, I mean, Bundy's fastball velocity is like 92 now. You know, he had one start where it was about 90, and that's when I sold him. It's been better than that. And his secondary stuff is really good. But three strikeouts in six innings, and now he's got 28 strikeouts in 45 and two-thirds. So the, the problem with velocity is like sometimes it's just a mechanical adjustment. Like I remember with David Price last year, he had to make a, a mechanical adjustment. His velocity was down. He made the adjustment. He pitched a lot better. It was probably about eight starts into the season, I'd say approximately. So you don't know if it's going to come back, and if it does, and you sold, that you might feel like an idiot. I so I don't know. I, I think if you sell Bundy for what you should be able to sell him for, it would be an idiot-proof trade. Right. Like even if he right. does become a legit stud. The idea is you're selling him like kind of a mirage stud. Like, you know he's not really a stud, but somebody out there may be so desperate for pitching that they're willing to buy in. Okay. Other guys, eh, this this group's boring. Let's skip them. Fringy starting pitchers part one. How many of these guys do you want to own? Matt Shoemaker, Francisco Liriano, Jeremy Hellickson, Eduardo Rodriguez. Shoemaker and Rodriguez. Just Rodriguez for me. I actually dropped Liriano and Shoemaker. Um, in all but the very deepest of leagues where I own them. So, like, you, some of the guys you were excited about earlier, are you dropping Shoemaker for Holland or anybody yeah. in that class? Yeah. Shoemaker has one quality start this year. So he's as, you know, as much a victim as of this uh increased reliance on the bullpen as anybody. I haven't been able to drop Liriano yet, though. Just because I know what he's capable of, I guess he's sort of like a streaky pitcher. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I I get yeah. it. I'm not saying I'd definitely pick Liriano up if he were dropped, but in the one one or two leagues that I own him, he's still on my team. Yeah, I mean, context is important. He was in our 16 team league, for example, where I want to pick up Clevenger. He was not somebody I was willing to drop for Clevenger, but like the Derek Holland, the Trevor Cahill types, the ones I have a little more confidence in. Um, I need usable pitching right now, and I don't feel like Shoemaker is that. Yeah, well, I think I'd rather have Shoemaker than all those guys we talked about at the top. But I'm glad you said what you said, Scott. You you need usable pitching now, you know, yeah. uh, because I can't I can't sit here and say that Trevor Cahill, based on six seven starts, I'm dropping Liriano for him. Maybe I'm being stubborn, but no, it's and it's five starts. It's thirty innings. Five You're starts, right. Yeah. So, um. Right, yeah. And the case of Shoemaker in particular, like, it's easy for me to justify because even if he is, like, the best Shoemaker can be, I think it's kind of middling, so. What? Like, the best Shoemaker can be in this environment is a top 30 pitcher. Alright, uh, more guys. Alex Cobb, Miguel Gonzalez, Chris Tillman. Alex Cobb, Miguel Gonzalez, Chris Tillman. Interested? 
I think Tillman needs to be much higher owned than 51%, if only because if he's just what he was in the past, that's really good right now. Yeah. Or good, at least. He wasn't throwing as hard in this first start back, but it was just one start. Who's we'll he got see. this week? Is it the Royals? Probably. That makes sense, yeah. Because I think I'm starting Chris Tillman, let me tell I, you. I would, yeah, that, that's right, because the Royals go to Tampa and then play, yeah. he's, he'll face the Royals in Kansas City, so good park, bad offense, I'd start him. Okay. More pitchers. A little bit, a uh, little bit deeper. Tyler Chatwood, Daniel Norris, Tyler Glass now, who had his best start. Tyler Anderson. Well, three Tylers! Chatwood, Glass now, and Anderson. Oh my. Daniel Norris, as I mentioned. JC Ramirez, Jordan Montgomery, dropped by Heath Cummings. Jesse Hahn, and Mike Fultonevich. Anyone? Uh, well, you asked earlier on the show if we were interested in picking up JC Ramirez, and I think we both kind of said no. He'd probably be the one I'm most interested of in this group, which kind of tells you something about this group. This group is wholly dependent on who they're facing this week and whether or not they get two starts for me. <laughs> I I was really disappointed in Mike Fultonovich on Friday. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah. But he went all Fulty on us. Yep. And <laughs> Actually, we... I think that was the first time he's ever given up seven runs. Well, it's hard to give up seven runs. Uh, <laughs> deep leagues. Jason Hamill, Josh Tomlin, Scott Feldman, Phil Hughes, Gallardo, A.J. Cole, Jose Urena, Matt Garza, Andrew Kashner. I'd rather have Hamill than any of the guys in the last group. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. But this is an even lower group than the last group who I didn't really want anybody from. Yeah. So we're, we're really, getting we're really digging deep at this point. Getting desperate. Yeah. Uh, other, oh, how about Eddie Butler or Mike Montgomery? As one of them will replace, uh, not Brett good. Anderson. There's, like, they lost the job to Brett Anderson coming into the year. Look what Mike Montgomery's That's been how doing, bad they though. are. Mike Montgomery's been excellent. He is very good. If Mike Montgomery is going to start, and maybe he could just start in the third and pitch the third, fourth, and fifth so he has a chance to be the pitcher of record and get a win, then he might be good. I mean, he had a 2.52 ERA last year, Montgomery, and he's, it's 117 this year. Yeah. And he's I think he's a good middle reliever. Very good. I'm, I'm not ready to just write him off. He, he had good, pretty good numbers as a starter, too, and obviously he's pitching for the Cubs, which is a big deal. Yeah. It three. would it would take wow, him yeah. you know, getting stretched out, obviously, and just – making it clear that Anderson doesn't deserve to get the job back. And then I could see him being more valuable than like a JC Ramirez and maybe I value him, you know, on the level that I'm valuing a Trevor Cahill right now. But there there are hurdles to clear before he gets there. Montgomery had a three twenty eight ERA, I believe, as a starter last year. Opponents hit two seventeen off of him as a starter. And it wouldn't take that long for him to get stretched out because Montgomery has thrown fifty two, forty five, and thirty six pitches in his last three appearances, all in the month of May. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, look, we're talking, we're talking deep leagues here, but he is RP eligible. I've actually seen Montgomery get picked up in a couple of leagues. And, uh, yeah, I think there's every reason to leave Brett Anderson on the DL. He has been terrible in his last two starts. And he's Brett Anderson. Like, he's gonna throw 50 innings maximum. It's Brett, that's what Brett Anderson does. And we are done for the day. Thank you very much for listening to Fantasy Baseball today. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a very formal goodbye. I'm Adam Azer for Heath Cummings and Scott White. See ya!